What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again in the host spotlight, uh, been a while, uh, Abby Lindenberg. Abby, how are you? Good, good. Thank you for being back here. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've seen him already. Here he is joining us again, Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Marky Mark, how you doing, my friend? Good. Good. Thanks for being here. Yeah, sorry I missed you last week. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, you had good... Yeah, yeah, good, good discussion. It was, it was good discussion. Yeah, I, I think Mark and Alicia good. were like, "Oh, we wish he was here. Here's all the things we'd ask him." Yeah. So I was like, "Well, let's and let's do thinking, our best." To, boy, I was sure glad I wasn't. Uh, here. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> <laughs> you lucked out. You stuck me with them. Uh, no, it was it was a good conversation. Uh-huh. But we're glad Very you're here, good. guys. Let's jump into a Sunday in review. Uh, Mark, you unpacked a lot again. Uh, I feel like the last few times you've been in the pulpit, it's a pretty big passage of Acts. Um, I just want, I I'll, will actually start off with a question here. Uh, it's a two-parter. Did you say the worst thing you ever did <laughs> was mess your pants in every service, or was that just second just service? Just second service. Okay, yeah. and then the second question here was submitted anonymously. It just says, who do you think you are <laughs> by saying that? I had so many people uh, come up to me mentioning that. They thought it was hilarious. I was like, he's saying it in jest, you guys. Come on. You've heard, you've heard him preach enough to, to know that. I mean, come on. What, I mean, what, what can a four-year-old do? Abby, I'll come your way first. Let's unpack uh, everything we heard from Acts 8, just what, what stood out to you from what Mark <clears throat> shared, and then Mark, we'll see if there's anything you want to maybe expand upon. Yeah, I mean, uh, specifically your line of... Um, you won't be too bad to go to heaven, but you might be too good. I think mm. was pretty profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've said it before, but it just kind of, it made a lot of sense with this story, especially with Simon and unpacking like mm. everything that he went through and even just the way that he interacted then with the apostles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just really appreciated that line. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, arriving at the five points of evangelism, Mark, was helpful, and, and we can unpack that when we get there. But, I mean, you're talking about the, the aftermath of Stephen's martyrdom, and, and now Saul has officially been referenced, and here we go, that story's going to start brewing. But there's still so many other people at play that that, that the fruit of what's going to happen with him, we haven't even necessarily hit yet. He's just started his kind of, you know, reign, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, so, so what was it like to s- sift through this scripture and say, okay, where am I going to, where am I going to go here? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> in any, again, we're, we're talking about a big, a big passage, 40 verses. Um, in any type of Bible study, you're trying to f- understand, um, the what, what's what's the big idea? I mean, what's what's the author trying to communicate in these stories? And um, along the way, you're trying to discover that, and and then that becomes the should become the center of mm-hmm. the your your message. Um, <clears throat> but along the way, there are details that you can get really caught up in uh, because to under you have to sometimes understand those details so you can understand the big picture so that you can communicate the big picture. But but in this passage, there were two, well, there were multiple issues, and that's the only hesitation of preaching a big, big uh, mm-hmm. passage, as, as you and Mark and Alicia discussed last, you know, last week too, you brought that up, because it was even a longer passage. Sure, yeah. It, it is, you don't want to get weighed down in some of the details, which is not minutia necessarily, but it, it, 
and and for and and then run out of time to mm-hmm. communicate the main thing. Yeah. Um, but there were two main or two big issues that cropped up in this passage, and one was uh, the 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 time separation between the Samaritans getting saved, believing, mm-hmm. and being baptized, and then the coming of the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit upon them. Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain a little bit. It was not in much detail, but a little bit that um, reminding people again that the, the nature of the literature acts as transition between old and new. There's, there's Luke is unfolding the history the, of the narrative of what's happening. We don't necessarily base our doctrinal foundational mm-hmm. core beliefs. We go to the epistles that take these stories and, 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 and mm-hmm. but it is, it is inspired scripture and it is, it teaches us just like, um, as Paul said, it is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training to righteousness because mm-hmm. it's, it's inspired word of God. So what do we do with that? Because, uh, you go to the apostle Paul in first Corinthians 12, 13, and it says by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. So the baptism of the Spirit, the way Paul described it in the epistles, because that's where you have it, you don't have a lot of discussion about mm-hmm. the baptism of the Spirit. It's there, 1 Corinthians 12. We are placed in the body of Christ through the identifying work of the Holy Spirit who takes a sinner and we're saved by grace and places us into the body. The baptism of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the coming of the Spirit upon us. But that's not the case here. And if we don't understand the transitional nature of the book. We don't understand this movement from Old to New Testament, and we build our doctrines off that. We're going to be we're going to be teaching people that you need something subsequent mm-hmm. to your salvation that's really going to make you on fire for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get that, we're going to pray for you. We're going to lay hands on you like the apostles did, and we're going to just pray that you get that because until you get that, yeah. you're not going to be the Christian you should be. Yeah. And that just is not taught in the scriptures. But yet there it is. It was mm-hmm. subsequent to their salvation that the Spirit came. So what gives? What's going on here? And I tried to explain that there is some very practical reasons. The, the need for continuity, mm-hmm. the Jewish believers in Jerusalem, and now these Samaritans, understanding the history of the, the animosity and the, the, between the two groups. It was the wisdom of God that waited to allow the dis- the disciples Peter and John to come unite them to, to right mm-hmm. and and bring that about. That, so there's continuity in the church, as well as unity in the church, so that the Samaritans could say, not that they would say this, but it was like you know that Peter and John they're not so bad, mm-hmm. or what, what you know hey we're yeah, yeah. we're we're one. And then Peter John could go back to the Jewish believers and say, you know They're what? They're not so bad. That's right. The Samaritans, hey, yeah. you know, we're, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. So God and his wisdom. Now, again, is that a repeatable thing in our day and age? No. It, it's this mm-hmm. history. This is what was necessary. This is what happened. And um, as we go through the book of Acts, we'll find, I think there's like five, six different scenarios, different components in those scenarios about how the Holy Spirit came. Mm-hmm. So there's no common uh, cookie-cutter approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's that's not good. get and bogged it, down in that. It's, that's something that's that's been brought up before throughout the series. So Abby, question for you. like, <clears throat> What was your experience with Acts before this series, and what has it been like to sit through it and, and understand the difference between a, a historical text, a, a descriptive text, and a prescriptive text? Like, Has that made sense as you've studied it? Yeah, I think so. Um... I'm, yeah, I would say I probably didn't read Acts as much as other things. Like, you can kind of yeah. like 
refer to Paul more, you just think he's more interesting or you <laughs> yeah. can just relate more or something. I don't know. But um, in terms of acts, it's definitely opened it up as a as an account. The detail, too, is just like amazing to me. It's like when, when people say that the Bible isn't credible, it's like, how did they get this detail then? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's been... Yeah, and it's the, it's the foundation of our church. Like that, that that's the fruit of it. Because yeah. you can sometimes fall victim to well, if this is this is history, this is old news. Let's 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 get to the good stuff. But you're right, all scripture's profitable, and it just makes it. Yeah. You get excited about the triumph of the gospel when yeah. when you study it. But you're right, you have to explain. And I, I appreciate that you chose to focus on it because if you didn't, that would be the questions it we'd be, be getting right be, now. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other the other um, sticky wicket of the, of this passage was, of course viewing Simon. And um uh and I, I didn't I don't think I said this because I didn't necessarily want to and maybe I shouldn't say it on the podcast either. But every commentary I have or everything I've read, uh, every one of them said Simon was not a true believer. Mm-hmm. And that that bothers me mm-hmm. because well, the text, well, the, said, the he text said he believed. <laughs> yeah. So now we have to say, well, was Luke wrong? Mm-hmm. And if and, and if Simon didn't truly believe, well, then the other people in that very verse, how do we know they believed? Yeah. In fact, how do we know anybody believed? Mm-hmm. How, then you go back and say, how do you trust anything the scripture says? Mm-hmm. It says it. Mm-hmm. But then people will say, yeah, but... And you brought up James, at least in one of the services. Well, I, yeah, I don't know if I did in every one. I yeah. should have. yeah. But, but it, I mean, it was hard to fit, fit it in. <laughs> yeah. But they'll, they'll say, but look at what James did and look what Peter said to him. Your money and, 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 and uh, gold, you know, perish with you. And you think of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him does not perish. Mm-hmm. And so hell, we right away, we jump to hell and we think, and, uh, but we can't do that. We, we, you have to interpret this passage in its context. So here you have uh, a Simon who it says he believed, he was baptized. I don't think Luke would make a mistake on that, and he also followed Luke. We also know from verse nine, and I brought that out. It says uh, that he that he formerly or previously had been practicing magic, mm-hmm. and you look into to that con- particular construction. The Greek construction of that, I think it's pretty clear. He's talking about something. In fact, if I remember right, here I am in this podcast, and I'm just thinking about this. Um, uh, It's 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 the idea is that um, um, something that was true once is not true now. Mm. In fact, I'm trying to find it Um, when it's in Luke 23. Oh, sorry. Maybe we no can edit out the pause here. In Luke twenty-three, when Pilate and Herod, where in the world is this? Um, it was dealing with Jesus, and it says they did not. Um, they were not friends before. They were formerly, um, but they were now. Um, Herod and Pilate. Oh, yeah, there it is. Verse 12, now Herod and Pilate became friends with one another that very day, for before they had been enemies with each other formally. It's the same construction, hmm. and it's the same author, Luke. So you you see, so you could interpret that formally, mm-hmm. he was practicing magic. 
but he isn't doing it today. Mm-hmm. So there's these there, there is this evidence and these hints of something di- was different. It was different. Right. So to conclude that he was not saved, so then I have to say, why would people conclude that? Mm-hmm. Why why would you jump to the conclusion? And it's very it's very common today to be fruit inspectors to mm-hmm. to look at people's lives and then make judgments based mm-hmm. on my level of spirituality, that you're not living the like I want you to live, therefore I'm going to question your salvation so that our assurance of salvation now rests in our performance and not in the fact that Jesus said, his promise, that if you believe in me, I give you eternal life. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I guess I was a bit shocked that's Every commentary I have, everything I've right. read on this passage, which is which is, I appreciate that. you saying that because that is helpful for a listener to know that mm-hmm. that every one of your commentaries said something, but we wrestle with the scripture right. and and come to a conclusion that says, okay, what what does it say? Not what does my favorite speaker right. or TED talk say about it, but what mm-hmm. does the Word of God have to say? And I think it's such a slippery slope, Mark, because there are passages about inspecting fruit. But they happen to be about teachers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so if you, if you're eise- right. if you're eisegeting, they're, they're you're, you're, you're putting your own meaning on scripture, and and I think there's a trend between people who slip with the word believe and salvation and rescue and all that. They can pull scripture out of context very quickly. They can recite scripture well, but you're right. How did the author use that word? And and everyone knows you look up a word in the dictionary. You know how mm. many different di- meanings of these words there are yeah. Yeah. that you need the structure around them to actually yeah. decide what they mean? We do that with every other word, but when it comes to spiritual things, we want to we want to grab onto something we can palate, something we can handle. And I think even for teachers and preachers, it's easier to preach hellfire and brimstone if you're not with it, if you're not yeah. acting. Right. Yeah, you right. aren't truly saved. That trends well. That's easier to preach. You aren't truly saved. Well, we can whip people, we think, into submission to... Uh-huh. to yeah. act. Even yeah. my footnote in my study Bible, uh, it says it here, um, it says Simon believed. Here's his footnote. Peter's denunciation in verse 20, 23 indicates that Simon's faith, faith was not unto salvation. And then they quote James 2. That even the demons believe, and it's not a true faith. Yeah. I mean, I, so I coined a term, at least in one of the services, or used the term. So he was an unbelieving believer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't right, get right, that. Right. If a person now, I also said, and I don't know if it did in all the services. The word faith requires an object. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. believe what? Right. So what do we have to believe to have eternal life? People quote James too. Well, the de- dem- demons believe. Mm-hmm. Well, what do they believe? Right, that Jesus is the is the is the right. savior. No, they, it says they believe God is one. Of well, you do they, good. Even the demons of believe. Of course, that. they believe in their enemy. Sure, and, and yeah. they know they, more than anybody. Right, yeah. that God, there is one God. They're on a different playing that, field. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but not Jesus for personal mm-hmm. salvation. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I think we have to be careful of that. Yeah, I I always will ask someone a diagnostic question. You know, Abby, if you were to die tonight. And mm-hmm. stand before God, and he were to say, Abby Lindenberg, why should I let you into my heaven? Mm-hmm. What would you say? And if you say, well, I've been good, or I've tried <laughs> to do this, or that would give me an indicator mm-hmm. that you aren't saved because mm-hmm. your faith is in yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. But if a person says, well, the only thing God to accept is the payment from his son. I, right. I've put my faith in Christ alone. Now, that's another matter. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that because mm-hmm. that's... Mm-hmm. Eternal life is on the f- basis of faith alone. Mm-hmm. But now we have a discipleship issue 
if uh, you know if there's areas in your life that need to be disciple and I can't but I can't turn to you and say you know Abby I I'm, I don't even know if you're saved because look at how you're acting mm-hmm. look how you're treating Jeremy look at you know <laughs> yeah. but yeah. so we can't go that route if we right. do oh slippery slope you'll never yeah. know you're you're you'll get to heaven until the day you die yeah because who and, says you might not and many theologians land on that of we don't we won't know. <laughs> I know. We, we'll, we'll hope for it. You know that access is there, but we don't know if we're above it or below it. And then, and then you get into the okay. Well, if it's based on works, how many then? Yeah. Two, three, one a day, I five was, a week. I What's was, the? I was doing uh, this doctoral work at Denver Seminary years ago, and we had a class on some of these things on theology and James and different things. And I remember the professor, good good man, um, who took this particular perspective. That, you know, and I, so I asked him, I said, Dr. So-and-so, I said, if you were to die tonight, do you know you're going to go to heaven? Well, of course. I said, if you die 10 years from now, do you know, can you say today that if you die 10 years, you could go to heaven? He said, no, I can't. Hmm. Because he might wander. He might wander. Mm -hmm. He might find to have not a faith. That was, that was, it was a spurious faith. It was an, Mm -hmm. he was an unbelieving believer. Which can only be true if you weren't changed. Can only be true if your identity didn't change at the moment right. of faith. And that's there's it. so many scriptures yeah. that do speak to that. And it is tempting to dangle hell over people to mm-hmm. tr- whip them into shape. You know, maybe yeah. we do that as parents, not dangle hell, but dangle. <laughs> you know, you're right. going to get it when your dad comes home. Or, and yeah. it's it's easier to to set a fire <laughs> under somebody's feet than it is convince them of a fire that's in their heart. Right? To to to, yeah. to think about living ministry in that way, it's easier to see it as an endless self-help assembly line yeah. where yeah. let's make sure everybody's on the straight and narrow here so we all do the Baptist thing and this, that, and the other. Yeah. It's way harder to say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, we're all going up there. The, que- the question then is, what do you want that journey to be like? Yeah. Tim Keller once said, you can't rock the boat of salvation to the point where you fall out of it. But if you're not careful, you can trip on the deck and spend the whole journey in the infirmary, mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. and in despair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a vivid image to that. And Jesus and the Apostle Paul, they call that death. Mm-hmm. The wages of sin, sin is, is death. death. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. Christians, born again, they're going to heaven, mm-hmm. who uh, their, their life, it just smells of death because mm-hmm. they're not enjoying the trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, having said all that with Simon, the, the other interesting and curious thing, it's a question, so why would Peter come across as hard as he did when he said, um, you know, there in uh, in verse 8, uh, when he said, um, um, your gold and silver perish with you. Uh, repent from this wickedness. Verse 20, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter, for your heart is not right of God. Therefore, repent, if possible. Your intentions of your heart will be forgiven. I mean, oh, come on, Peter. Okay, look, he's a new believer. He's a baby Christian. He's, you know, he's thinking money, cha-ching. I mean, that's what's his life. Yeah. Cut him think, some slack. Yeah, do you think, I, when you first read this, I kind of thought the same thing. Do you think he, like, had good intentions of, like, Simon? Um, yeah, like, oh, this is so exciting. Good point. This is, like, you guys are doing all this stuff, and I've had influence with people I want to help, ooh, you know? Ooh, here I am, yeah, I'll help, yeah, let yeah. me help. Give me this power, and I'll help. I'll, I'll, right, I'll, or yeah. it's that an indicator to Peter, and like you were saying, that's an indicator that, oh, you're not really saved, you don't understand, so you can't be a part of this. Yeah, I don't think that was Peter's uh, intention at all. 
But what you said about Simon, I don't know if I've, I've thought of that. I, I, I'm not sure what his motive was for asking for that. Now, people jump to the conclusion it was an evil motive. Right. And it does say the wickedness of your heart. But, you know, that can be um, uh, inadvertent in a yeah. way. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's, there, there's stuff we do, even uh, I've been a Christian a long time, that it still comes from the wickedness mm-hmm. of who my my heart, my mm-hmm. my old flesh, and it's it's not it's vile because it isn't like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so Peter does does say that, um, and I do think that it shocked Simon enough that he said, "Pray to the Lord yourself for me that that, that this won't happen to me." Right. So we we don't know all the other dynamics and things. This is all we have to go on with Luke recorded, but. Um, Peter was pretty, you can't get much more direct than that. I referred real quickly back to the Ananias and Sapphira story in the sermon mm-hmm. of chapter yes. five, mm-hmm. because that was a money issue too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look what happened to those guys. Right. And there, there is something about um, the in both those situations, chapter five with Ananias, Sapphira, and this one with uh, Simon, there's something that... Peter warned against related to money and that where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. That is Jesus, you can't serve God and mammon. That he, man, he jumped on that like a like a duck on a June bug. I mean, he it was we're not going to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And you had better deal with it now, Simon, or you're in big, big trouble. Mm-hmm. Now we don't know. I think he did repent. We don't know. I I, mm-hmm. I would hope that he carried on and sure. and woke up. Someone came to me after the first service. It was a great, com- or maybe it was the second service. Had a great comment. The next story with the Ethiopian eunuch. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that was knee deep or up to his neck in money. He was the treasurer of Ethiopia of the, of the, you know, and yet he he didn't have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. There was no Philip didn't have to chastise him. Mm-hmm. So he was a worshiper of God. The guy was oriented Godward. And somehow had a balance between mm-hmm. his worship of God and all the wealth that was at his interesting at his fingertip. Yeah. yeah. So both stories, and I, mm-hmm. and I didn't catch that in my study really. Both had this money thing to mm-hmm. it, but different yeah. heart postures. But different heart postures, right? Mm-hmm. So that was, yeah. that's kind of fun to see yeah, that. That's good. You're able to finish, Mark, with just five five points about evangelism, and you know it's helpful to get arrived there. We talk about the tri- the triumph of the gospel is the the name of this series, and so that's certainly the hope that that we grow in our awareness of the gospel and what Christ has done, and that it's not just a historical fun fact of what the start of the church looked like. So, I mean, Abby, any of those stand out to you? Evangelism being spirit directed, scripture oriented, which is probably worth talking about, Christ centered, faith focused, and never finished. Um, I know they kind of came out as fast in the service, but... Right, right. Um, Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Well, you said the scripture-oriented, Christ-centered, faith-focused. And when you first said them, I'm like, well, yeah, duh. Mm -hmm. You know, in some ways it almost seemed redundant, but then as you explained it, it was like, well, that's why you have to Mm -hmm. differentiate between the three or between Mm -hmm. the five, Mm -hmm. actually. But yeah, yeah. and then I just, I kind of like that you ended with it's never finished because I think we do forget that mm-hmm. it's not finished. That's right. Yeah. It, God wouldn't let Philip forget it because all of a sudden, <laughs> boom, he's in Azotus and he's yeah. uh, heading up the coast. And yeah, um, uh, there was always one more unsaved person to, uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to share Christ with. I appreciate the five points because if, if you yank 
any one of these out, I mean, there's a real potential issue there. There, there can be a lot of evangelism that's spirit-directed, you know, Christ gets mentioned and it's focused on somebody's faith, but if it's not oriented in Scripture and what God has said, mm-hmm. and you're relying on somebody else's word, there's, there's such a danger to that. Yeah. And, and we yeah. can also have an old legalistic approach spirit-directed, scripture-oriented, but if it's not Christ-centered on his finished work, you run the risk. It's why evangelism is such a hard thing. It's a buzzword to bring up. There's so many different backgrounds, mm-hmm. even within our congregation. Mm-hmm. There's probably so many backgrounds to what does evangelism look like yeah. for you for the past 30 years? Have you ever been evangelized? What did that look like? You get so many answers, Yeah, and yeah. you have to sort through yeah, your life and say, okay, what was true? The centrality of the scripture, and I don't think I was able to bring this out mm-hmm. time-wise, but first it's shown, I think, in First Peter 1, uh, 23, where he said, we've been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable. That is to the living and enduring word of God for all mm-hmm. flesh. And he quotes, all flesh is like grass. It's glory, like the flower of the grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Um, we are born again by the living, abiding Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It's got to be anchored. I could have said anchored in Scripture, uh, Scripture anchored, Scripture oriented. Um, we we have to be really careful in our evangelism to make sure we make the main thing the main thing, mm-hmm. and that is the good news of the gospel. And Paul defines what the gospel is in 1 Corinthians 15. I make known to you the gospel by which you are saved, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and he rose again according to the scripture and he appeared to others. So the this, 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 this central truth is he died and he rose again. That was the message uh, that Peter and John always talked about. Mm-hmm. This Jesus who you crucified, he is raised. Crucified, raised, crucified, raised, crucified, raised. Um, and that's anchored in the scriptures. So we have to be very careful. I've used an illustration before that if you were on a, on a ship that was sinking or a plane that's going down, you've got five minutes and this thing's crashing or this, this boat's going down and people come up to you and they say, we, we know you're a Christian. We know you have Pete. We know you're going to heaven. Tell us how we can get to heaven. This thing's going down. We want to know. Now you got four minutes. Because that took a minute to tell. <laughs> what are you going to tell them? What are you going? What's the essence? What must a person believe mm-hmm. in order to have eternal life? And uh, if it's not anchored in what God has said, you, we have to believe. So it's, good. it's crucial to be and, scripture oriented, and then which is ultimately Christ centered. It's what Christ has done. Once you figure out what you tell them, tell it to yourself every once in a while. That's right. Too. Like we can we can be reminded of these things, and and we can understand so much about the the nature of the early church, what what all these things are. And so, just a, a few things I want to point people towards. Uh, there's a, a baptism class coming up Tuesday, February 21st at 7 p.m. If you have yet to to be publicly baptized as a demonstration and outward expression of a decision you've made to belong to the Body in Christ, we encourage you to do that. You can register at fbcva.org slash baptism. Uh, that's an awesome experience, not just uh, to be baptized, but also attend and see other people make that I, decision. I thought you had to be baptized to get to heaven. <laughs> yeah. what, what, are you yeah. telling me I don't? What, what, what do you base that on? Yeah. Scripture. Oh, mostly. okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So water baptism, super fun. Uh, even the last couple baptism services here at FBC, I have been pleasantly shocked at the attendance of people wanting oh, man, to that... come see 
what that signifies and what that means. And man, it's so cool to be a part of it. So so, uh, stay tuned for when that actual service will be, but the class is coming up next month. Uh, Also just wanted to plug real quickly that focus of the church over the next few months, Building Bridges. Uh, We are offering prayer uh, for what you're going through, where you're at, and then this evangelism focus between services. So uh, Sunday mornings, 10.20 to 10.40 a.m., and uh, after the Saturday night service, 6.05 to 6.20. If you if you attend FBC, please know there's an opportunity uh, to pray and be prayed over and prayed for. A um, lot of other stuff going on. I'm sure we could continue yeah. to go on. And the prayer walk is right. this Sunday, Sunday after church. It's right 1230, after church, right? Meet at Corals uh, Elementary 12, School parking 12 lot. 1230, yeah. yeah. And that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the weather's yeah. going to be, but that doesn't matter. We'll <laughs> yeah. still walk and pray. And- don't even look at the forecast now. It'll change five times between now and then. <laughs> That's but right. yeah, it should, yeah. should be fun. And I, I might mention, too, Yeah, uh, I don't know if we're going to mention this in, in another week or two, but um, the last two Sundays in February, because this this coming weekend is the last Sunday, last mm-hmm. weekend in, in January, crazy. the last two Sundays in February, we are going to kind of depart from Acts mm-hmm. for a little bit and do a a kind of central focus on this bridge building thing that I think you'll find Mm -hmm. enjoyable, um, fun, different. Uh, It'll be a different service Mm -hmm. than those two Sundays. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Good. Abby, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks. You're awesome. Mark, appreciate it. Uh, As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place each and every week on your favorite podcast platform. Just type in Sermon Spotlight. We pop right up. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Till next week, much love. God bless.